And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're with Lamb Lion Ministry. Thank you for being part of our program today, as we're going to be talking about Israel's stray. For those of you following us on social media, hey, share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us as well. But before I continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for the great blessing that you have given us uh, I think of uh, Vic and his wife uh, living in Florida and surviving Hurricane Ian uh, unmolested. We thank you so much, Lord, and we pray for the continuing efforts to clean up there. We also lift uh, up all the ministries that are going to Florida to bring the gospel there as well as they do clean up. And so we thank you, Lord, for your provision. We pray for all those who tuned in today that you bless them with your holy name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about Israel's stray as we look at the book of Ezekiel. So I want to encourage those of you that are part of our program today to follow along with us. Get your Bibles ready and get excited for what God is going to say to you today. But before I continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host Nathan Jones to the program. Nate, it's great to be back on the mic with you. Hey, it's great that you're even alive. <laughs> It is, Nathan. It's great to be alive. It's hurricane season in South Florida, and it's never a dull moment. Oh, man, I can't believe how you and uh, you are right in the path of it. You know, Nathan, it's interesting because I was in Miami for many years. Now I relocated to Daytona, and uh, Miami has had a lot more activities in hurricanes. So I, I moved running away like Jonah from trouble, and I found myself right in the midst of it. <laughs> oh, well, praise the Lord, man, that you, you got through unscathed. That's, uh, that, I was so worried about you. Uh, well, thank you so much. It was people's prayers. Uh, yes, Nathan, the Lord really protected us. Uh, there have some been some communities out here that really uh, were hit hard. But, hey, we're praying for them as well. And uh, the Lord have blessed us for many years where we really didn't have much uh, of more than just winds but this time around, it was a little more serious. So we pray for our country and also those that are still going through the um, the challenges with uh, not just lost power, but they lost everything. But thank you so much, Nathan, for your prayers. Praise the Lord, brother. You know, and Nathan, and I, I believe one of the things that we look uh, through hurricanes and natural disasters, as you and I have spoken in the past, uh, those signs of weather, uh, we see a lot of that uh, happening right before our eyes. And hopefully individuals can recognize also that oftentimes God does use this to sort of get our attention. And I believe he's done that in our communities. And it gives us an opportunity, Nathan, to actually be able to witness uh, in the terms of these challenges. So that's one thing that we're actually uh, capitalizing on is being able to share the gospel even during these challenging times. Oh, yeah. When you think uh, uh, World Vision, Baptist, uh, Texas Baptist Men, uh, Samaritan's Purse, they've all been sending relief down to Florida and, and the gospel too, <clears throat> excuse me. And it's just amazing to see how many, the reports coming in, how many people, when things get really bad, that's when they turn their hearts to Jesus Christ. It's a shame that we have to be shaken out of our you know, day-to-day -day routine to finally see Jesus, but it, it works. And it's so many people are coming to know Jesus as their savior. And as tragic it is that they've lost so much of their own personal belongings and things, and some even their lives. Uh, family members are still turning to Jesus. And so uh, for that, we praise the Lord. 
Amen. And Nathan, part of what we do during our program and as part of the ministry is that uh, we do things that relate to what's happening today. We just did the storm uh, warning conference uh, not that long ago, uh, and you're getting ready to also share at a few conferences. But for someone who's new to our program, you, would you be able to share with them our, our contact information and how they can get a hold of our resources just in case they're new to the program so they can also understand uh, some of the, the, the content that we've shared in the past? Oh, absolutely. Well, Welcome to uh, The Truth Will Set You Free. It's the podcast ministry of Lamb and Lion Ministries, or a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We do that a number of different ways, like Vic was talking about our storm warning conference, where we cover different signs of the end times, and one of those signs is the sign of weather, where God uses weather to wake people up so that they'll repent and return to him. You can find that on our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. Uh, we covered a number of signs. Vic covered the social ones, both positive and negative, and I covered the uh, natural disasters or natural um, sign. And we have another conference coming up this weekend in Pennsylvania. It's October 8th and 9th. And so we have, if you want to tune in, please do. We'd love to have you join us on our live stream. We're streaming it uh, from Pennsylvania over our Christ in Prophecy YouTube channel. It's called The Convergence. What is God doing in world politics? And the reason uh, we are holding this is because, you know, the politics in the world seems to be going crazy right now. What does the Bible have to say about that? What is God doing? We'll address that in country by country as the Bible says it fits the end time picture this weekend. Mm, thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that. And again, for those of you that are new to our program, get a hold of those resources. You're going to be very encouraged by what you learn. And speaking about learning, Nathan, you and I have been making our way through this amazing book of Ezekiel. Uh, and we've been covering this uh, on a chapter by chapter, uh, excuse me, verse by verse. But at the same time, we make it applicable to what's happening today. And some of those applications has to do with how God is dealing with the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, because oftentimes they stray from him, then they come back. And uh, in our last uh, in our last uh, program, we looked at uh, uh, their chapter 15 in the book of Ezekiel, and it was a parable regarding uh, the people of Israel as a vine, almost like a, a useless vine, if you will, and how God was going to pronounce judgment and dealing with them. And Nathan, I thought for maybe someone who wasn't part of the program, if we can pick up in Ezekiel uh, chapter 15, there verses 6 through 8, and then give a little bit of recap before we continue to chapter 16. Would that be okay? Yeah, sure. Uh, my version, New King James Version, calls this chapter 15, the outcast vine, which seems very fitting. But the Lord is uh, uh, giving a, a condemnation of Israel due to their sins and, uh, well, Judah in particular, the southern kingdom of Judah, and picks up in verse 6. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, like the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fuel, fire for fuel, so I will give up the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I will set my face against them. They will go out from one fire, but another fire shall devour them. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I set my face against them. Thus I will make the land desolate because they have persisted in unfaithfulness, says the Lord God. Mm. And Nathan, and, and we talked about there, that word appeared a number of times. They persisted in unfaithfulness. And really, sometimes people read the Bible or they read the Old Testament and they only focus on the judgment of God and, and why did God allow this to happen? But yet they forget these portions of scripture that also speak about our responsibility. And, and we do have a responsibility as well, right, Nathan? 
Absolutely. You'll hear people all the time say, oh, the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament was always angry and wrathful and talking about judgment. And it's like, what? No, God's been the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, Jesus Christ might be the third person of the Trinity, but he and the Father, as Jesus said in John 10, are one. They're the same, it's just like the Holy Spirit. So uh, you're reading when you're reading the Old Testament, you're reading about Jesus just like you are the New Testament. Uh, but the difference is, is that the that where Christ has great love for the church because they repented and returned to him. Israel, who was set up to be God's spokespeople to the world during that time, were living as just as evilly as their neighbors. They would become just as pagan. So God sent them prophet after prophet after prophet, but they rejected the messages. They continued to chase after idols, after Baal and Ashtoreth. So finally the Lord said, okay, it's time for you. You'll have to be exiled out of the land. So you learn to stop with your idolatry. And that's where we are in the story of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is uh, about 2,600 years ago. He's one of the first exiles taken by the Babylonians out of Jerusalem and uh, brought up into the Babylonian area, which is present-day Iraq. Uh, but it seems like he got sent back to the remnant still living in Jerusalem. And he was told to give these messages of the Lord to Jerusalem to repent and return to the Lord. Uh, but again and again, they refuse to repent. They refuse to give up their evil. And so the Lord says, you know, for the good of the world, I'm going to have to put you in exile. And that's where we're at in the story so far. But I love that we're getting into chapter 16 next, because 16 shows that God isn't just all about wrath when people disobey him. He's all about love and what he does for the love he has for his people. I love that, Nathan, and what a wonderful way to put it. So hopefully those that are part of this program can recognize that we cover in our programs that we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> and, and Scripture talks about all these things, Nathan, and we as Christians, sometimes we do face the same in life. We face the good, the bad, and the ugly based on our decision, based on our behavior, And and but God is gracious and God is good. Under all this, God has a wonderful plan and a purpose for our lives. And we're going to notice that there in Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 1 through 5, as we continue in this story. Nathan, would you be able to open us up there with verses 1 and 2, and I'll read verses 3 through 5, for in case someone doesn't have a Bible? All right, short and sweet. Uh, verse 1, again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations. And verse 3 says, And and says, Thus says the Lord God to Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Cana. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your nativity on the day you were born, you, your navel uh, cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt, nor washed, excuse me, nor, nor swashed in swaddling clothes. No eyes pitted you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you, but you were thrown out into the open field when you yourselves were loathed on the day that you were born. What an amazing picture, Nathan, this describes here of the birth and the beginning of this nation. Yeah, you got to look at the context. Uh, obviously, we're not talking about a real baby here, but the Lord is comparing the birth of the nation or the people of Israel to an actual birth. And so you have to go back to Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And then Jacob had his 12 sons. And those 12 sons, uh, or 11 of them, or 10 of them, I should say, sent Joseph, sold him into slavery to Egypt. Uh, when a famine got so bad, the, the remaining brothers came down to Egypt to buy food. 
found out that their brother Joseph was now second in command of all of Egypt. And uh, Joseph showed them mercy and allowed them to move their families in. But it wasn't too long before, as they grew in, as a people group and started to become an actual uh, large amount of people, that the Egyptians turned on them and enslaved them. And for 400 years, uh, as the, this verse here says in Ezekiel 16, there was no one to love them, no one to care for them. They were a brand new nation, but they were being treated as if they were an unwanted baby. And uh, they wouldn't become a nation again until the Lord rescued them through Moses and Aaron, brought them into the desert, trained them to be a nation, and then gave them a land in the nation of Israel. So the entire existence of Israel as a nation has either been under slavery or hatred by its neighbors and brother. It continues up to this day. Nathan, thank you so much for that wonderful clarification, because at, at the start there, uh, uh, I'm glad that you showed individuals that this is uh, uh, relating Israel, in a sense, to a birth. This is not the actual birth, but I do love the way, Nathan, that they brought this about, because back in those days, it's not like today. Today, people have a baby, they go to a hospital, it's a clean environment, everything is sterile, they cut the baby's cord, the parents are happy, and they're in a beautiful room. Up here back in those days, they used the analogy there of using salt and washing uh, and, uh, and rubbing with salt uh, to kill bacteria. It was a way that they will preserve uh, the, the babies that were born from, uh, uh, from getting any kind of disease. Uh, and I love just the wording there talking about how when Israel was born, how God cared and took care of these people. Oh, absolutely. And that's fascinating about the salt uh, for its uh, cleanliness. Uh, the Middle East has a big problem with um, flies around the eyes. Uh, if you read Mark Twain's Innocence Abroad as he traveled through the Middle East, uh, how many of the, the poor village dwellers were constantly afflicted by flies, uh, constantly getting the you know, the uh, eye juice, tears, <laughs> and uh, causing lots of disease. So it was very important. Uh, you know, today we put uh, certain drops in the baby's eyes to protect their eyes, but then same thing, they, they, they'd salt the body and, and protect the eyes so that uh, disease wouldn't affect it. And, but that wasn't the case as Israel as a nation was birthed out of slavery. And so there was nobody to pity them or take care of them but Yahweh God. Nathan, and I love that because here uh, we see this very important word, and it, it speaks about them there in verse 5, but you were thrown out into the open field. And it reminds me, Nathan, we as Christians, before we were Christians as sinners, we really were out there in the world. I mean, we were those outcasts. We were those uh, 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 embarrassments, if you will. But yet God had pity on us, too, on the church. Uh, on individuals. And I just love what Romans chapter 5 uh, verses 8 through 9 have to say about God's love for us. Because you mentioned that earlier, Nathan, I thought it was fantastic how God does have a plan, how he loves us. And in Romans 5, 8 and 9, the Bible says, but God demonstrated his own love towards us, just like Israel, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. And, and I just love that passage, Nathan, also how God loves us. And as we were discarded things, yet the Lord found us to be valuable and was willing to die for us. Oh, that's a fantastic passage. It, it gives us such promises. Like Even though we were sinners, in other words, we were in rebellion against God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and died. He took 
the punishment for our sins upon himself. And when we put our faith and trust in him, our sins are forgiven by Jesus Christ. And that's amazing, too, because then you got verse 9, which says uh, that being justified by his blood. In other words, the sentence of death that was on us for our sin has been removed. We shall be saved from the wrath of God or wrath through him. So not only are we saved from the wrath of God here on this earth. I mean, yeah, we deal with the wrath of man and the wrath of Satan and our own mistakes. And we live in a fallen world, but we're never meant to endure the wrath of God. So here, Romans 5, 9 is a fantastic verse. It's a promise that we as believers in Jesus Christ will never have to suffer the wrath of God. And that includes the tribulation time period coming. That's a fantastic verse. That's a great support for the rapture happening of the church happening before the tribulation begins. And what a fantastic analogy. I just love the way that, uh, again, in Ezekiel, the, the word washed, because that has such an amazing application towards the believer, towards the church, uh, this wonderful relationship that we have with Jesus. And it also reminds me in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 24 through 27, uh, there will be also a washing of the church. Would you be able to read those verses for us, Nathan, in Ephesians 5? Verses 24 through 27, in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Yeah, yeah, let's uh, pick up verse 24. Uh, Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, and he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Nathan, I just love that God washing his people, the Jews, Israel, Jesus washing us, the church, right, from all impurities by the washing of his word, by the, by the Holy Spirit. And I'm just so blessed uh, by the word wash and its many applications. Yeah, here we got again. And this time, uh, instead of being washed as a baby with water and salt, <laughs> we're washed. Uh, of our sins by the blood of Christ. And that sounds kind of gory and stuff like that, but it's a it's a point being that Jesus shed his blood. He died for us. And uh, wow, what great love. It shows how much that Jesus loves us, that, you know, he can let all of us go to hell. He doesn't have to, to save anybody whatsoever, but God loves us so much, as John 3.16 says, he loves us so much that he's given his life so that when we put our faith and trust in him, our sins are forgiven, or it's like we're being washed in clean water by his blood so that our sins are gone and that we can stand before God holy and pure, a perfect bride of Christ, so to speak. You know, Nathan, it's amazing because when we look back at Israel and all their mistakes and all the bad and hideous things that they did, people will look and say, you know what, why does God bother with them? Uh, just forget about it, move on with somebody else and, and be done with it. Because when you read the Old Testament, sometimes it's kind of depressing when you see the back and forth and in, 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 uh, the, uh, the nation of Israel. Sometimes they do good and for hundreds of years, they turn their backs on God and, and all the uh, uh, hideous sins that they committed. And it's, it's very easy for us to point the finger at others. But sometimes, as someone said, when you have one finger pointing at someone, you have four pointing back at you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I've never heard that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, you know, Nathan, that's the tendency. As soon as someone does something wrong, uh, we're quick to judge and point the finger. But yet, you know, sometimes we have to look at ourselves and we have to be thankful for God's grace. 
uh, how he still like when we look at the Apostle Paul, uh, Saul early on. Right, Nathan? I mean, he was one of the he was one of the worst of the worst. And, and but then God turned him around, just like people that might be listening to a program right now. They made bad mistakes. Some other people might think, oh, they're worthless. Uh, they're good for nothing. Uh, uh, look at what they've done. Look at their past. But yet when we look at ourselves in light of others, we look at our past and our mistakes. Uh, and yet we find that God is gracious and he's merciful and he's always looking to restore people, not discard them. Right, Nate? Oh, absolutely. It, you know, when you think that God, you know, the ultimate, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, uh, all omnibenevolent God of the universe was willing to come as a form of a helpless baby to be born and taken care of by humans and raised and then be rejected by the very people he was healing and, and giving wisdom to and loving all so that he could die so that, and be take the our place under God's wrath. I mean, that's, I don't think we understand how, how not only amazingly selfless that is, but how it's even incapable. I mean, sometimes humanity rises to the occasion. A soldier will throw themselves on a, a grenade or, uh, you know, a cop will stand between a, a victim and a killer. You know, there's there's people who will rise to the occasion, but their losses to, is really a gain because they gain heaven. But for, for Jesus, he had to give up everything to become a helpless baby and then live a life in a fallen world where the people rejected him. I mean, that's, I, brother, I don't think we're ever going to be able to truly comprehend what he sacrificed in order to cleanse us. Nate, that's an excellent point. Again, for those of you that just tuned in, you're tuned into our Truth with Set Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. As we're looking at the book of Ezekiel, chapter 16, Israel's Stray. Uh, and um, Nathan, the, the love of God is just uh, it's amazing. His grace is amazing towards uh, his people, towards us. Uh, it reminds me, Nathan, of what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. And the Bible says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor, no, excuse me, no uh, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, no sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, uh, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And then verse 11 says, and such were some of you, but you were washed but you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And Nathan, I love that passage because it sort of places all of us in there. And it says, but such were some of you, meaning no matter what lifestyle you live, no matter what you've done, if you turn to Jesus, he can wash you and he can cleanse you. Well, that's why Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I think as many people think they're rather good. Matter of fact, you could go and ask people on the streets uh, like Ray Comfort does and say, are you a good person? And almost always they'll say, yeah, I'm better than my neighbor. Or, yeah, you know, I've got more good things or bad things. I'll get in heaven. But no, the Bible says in John 3:36 that the wrath of God continues to abide on us. Uh, unless we have uh, been covered by Jesus' blood, so to speak, and been saved, then we're still under the wrath of God. Uh, so it sins matter. Brother, we're living in a time period of great evil. 
uh, not just outside of the church, but increasingly inside of the church. Uh, I came across a, a website uh, not too long ago called Whosoever Ministries, and it's a, a homosexual Christian ministry, if those two things words can even be put together. And the argument is, as well, Paul is out of touch. He, he was just talking culture. Uh, he didn't, you know, the Bible doesn't say that homosexuals won't inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible says you're right. It doesn't just say homosexuals. It says fornicators. People have sex outside of marriage. Idolaters, and we're all guilty of that. Adulterers, cheating on our spouses, even in our minds, Jesus said. Uh, sodomites, thieves, you know, people have st stolen, drunk, revilers, extortioners. In other words, if you're living in sin, then, brother, you're not going to heaven. It's just as plain as that. Unless Jesus Christ has forgiven you of your sins and you've accepted that in faith and only then, you give up that life. You you no longer want to be sinful anymore. But we're living in a time period where people think, I can be a Christian and still continue to live like a sinner. And uh, they really need to read 1 Corinthians 6, wouldn't you say? Nick, that's a very good point. It saddens me when I What's run to... It, it saddens me, Nathan, when I hear so many people that they say that they're Christians and just like you said, you look at their lifestyle and, and it's unrepented sin. In other words, they know what they're doing, but they're choosing to deliberately uh, go against the word of God, much like the, the we're reading in Ezekiel. Israel's people, they, they knew what they were doing and they deliberately uh, continued to be unfaithful. And I'm sorry, but God is a just God and he's a loving God, but, but he will judge sin, Nathan, like you said. Yeah, it, it, there will be a day. It's There is a judgment day coming, not only on the world during the seven-year tribulation, where if you read the book of Revelation, 21 judgments of God will be poured out onto the world to punish it for its sins, just like we read in Ezekiel here, God punishing Israel for its sins. But then at the end of history, the great white throne judgment, where people who will be resurrected from the dead, they'll be weighed by the books. If, if you're found in the book of life, you were born, but the Lamb's book of life means you're saved. And if you're not in that book, you're going to the lake of fire, hell forever and ever, separation from God. I mean, that's horrible to think, but it's also just because we live in rebellion against God. We've rejected Jesus' ultimate sacrifice for us. How can one reject a gift so loving like that? I mean, it, that makes us stand accused if we continue that. So uh, for Christians, there is, why are you still living in sin? It, you know, you can't be perfect, sure, but you can try. And, you know, Jesus says, be perfect, just as my father is perfect. You know, you got to try <laughs> your best and, and push sin out of your life. Give up the, your sin isn't worth going to hell. And, uh, and, and here, Paul and Ezekiel earlier both makes that case very strongly. I, I love that, Nathan. And for those of you that are part of our program, as I mentioned earlier, the Bible speaks about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we love to share with you the good, but we also have to share with you the bad, and as well as the ugly, because sometimes that's what causes us to think and to really reconsider our lives and the choices that we're making and make right decision. And uh, one of the greatest decisions that you can make right now is to choose to follow Christ while there's still time. And before we close our program, we always like to give an invitation. Maybe there's someone out there that doesn't have a relationship with the Lord, but you are considering starting that one right now. We're going to share with you right now how you can start that relationship so that you can be on your way to heaven. Nathan, will you be able to share with that person, maybe that doesn't know Jesus, how even right now at the last hour, they can enter into his kingdom? John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. 
And so now's the time. If, if you don't know Jesus as your savior, your destiny is hell forever and ever. And that's a horrible, horrible future. But think of the future you have in heaven where you are, when you have accepted Jesus Christ as your savior. He's died. He's done all the work on the cross. There's nothing we can do to be saved. Ephesians uh, tells us that uh, there's not by works so that no one can boast. Jesus did it all. All we have to do is put our faith in him. If you're ready to put your faith in Jesus Christ and from your heart, pray something like, dear Jesus, I, I know I'm a sinner. I'm in rebellion against you. Uh, please forgive me of my sins. I want you to be my savior and Lord. Thank you. And Jesus will forgive you of your sins. The guilt will be washed away and you'll inherit eternal life with him forever. I love that. Thank you so much, Nathan. And maybe you pray that prayer to receive the Lord. We'd love for you to reach out to us, ChristinProphecy.org. And we would love to give you some material so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. And we want to say congratulations for making that wonderful, wonderful decision. Wow, Nathan, thank you so much. What a wonderful way to close this segment of the program with that wonderful invitation. Well, praise the Lord. I hope you all have given your lives to Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful life. Amen. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Dick Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week.